Hey, what is good, everyone? Welcome to the Outside the Box podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall. I started this podcast to uh, kind of give a different take on the sneaker world and uh, you know the business of footwear by having conversations that aren't always had. And on today's episode, I get to talk with someone I consider a friend, but someone I consider very inspiring. And her drive and her just relentless hustle is something that I think everyone can learn from. Today's guest is Tamara Dia, and you might know her from Complex doing news back in the day. You might know her from doing the red carpet interviews for E. Uh, she was a part of the TRL comeback for MTV. She's also a host for Network. Uh, not to mention, she's just kind of a, an, an influencer in her own right, aside from all of that stuff. And I'm really grateful because she was really open to a lot of the questions that aren't necessarily comfortable questions and comfortable topics to talk about. But I thought it was really awesome that she shared some insight into how she approaches all of these things, because I think if you're listening, watching this, uh, you know, she's a great person to learn from. So I'll shut up now. If you enjoy this, please leave me a review, leave a comment, like, favorite, subscribe, all those things, wherever you take this in. But most importantly, I hope you enjoy the show. Let's get into my conversation with Tamara Dia. Hey, what's good, everyone? Welcome back to the Outside the Box podcast. I'm super stoked for today's conversation because uh, the person that I'm going to have a conversation with, I really admire their drive uh, as as a self-described natural hustler. Uh, I want to introduce you to Tamara Dia. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> doing pretty good. So uh, let's let's talk about that self-described hustler. How did you become the, the, the hustler that you are? Because I think like it, it took a couple of years of us knowing each other before we connected in person. Right. But I think you probably take on more variety than anybody that I know in, uh, you know, the sneakers and streetwear and like world of I don't know what you call hype or whatever that is so how did how did you how did you get to this point of of just you know being a hustler in this space um well first thanks for saying that like I'm I, I take on more variety because it's really important me to me not to be pigeonholed into anything that I do because um I think like the uh the, the claustrophobic in me, like, doesn't like to feel boxed in. So it's that extends to, you know, even my career and my, like, mental outlook. Um, but I guess it all started. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think the hustler thing in me, like, really started because I was the only girl in my family. Um, like, you know, I, I grew up with brothers. I, I, you know, my dad is a very, uh, he's softened up a lot now but growing up he was like a very militant Iraqi father so like I think I was constantly as I've learned as an adult like fighting for his approval in some way um so I thought I you know I always had to work harder than not just my brothers but everyone around me to kind of gain quote-unquote approval and of course as an adult now you let that stuff go a little bit and you're like yeah. I don't need anyone's approval I'm just gonna do me uh but you know as we are learning those lessons we are fighting through those notions um when i was in third grade i got the little miss hustler award <laughs> so That's i think so it really awesome. started there. <laughs> i think it really started there um but uh essentially i think that had more to do with like i, I was really into sports um and not not that many girls were i guess at that point um so 
I think that's why I got the Little Miss Hustler Award because I was like always fighting for the ball. Uh, but, you know, I think in life I'm always fighting for the ball. Um, and I think that it obviously extends to my career um, and, you know, being in a space that is so competitive, uh, especially with television and um, now even with like, you know, the influencer world and with sneakers, who knew sneakers would be so competitive, but here we are. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, I think I've always kind of been in a space where I had to compete for my spot um, and then fight to keep my spot. So I think that's kind of where the natural born hustler and me really thrives. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think how, how competitive, you know, all of this stuff really is. And, and mm -hmm. it's funny too, because I, I've, maybe I'm ignorant and lucky that like, I just have a lot of friends that do a lot of the same things and we all kind of just like find a way to make it work. But when you go on to like social media and you see like the cattiness and the back and forth and the beef and you're just like, what's going on with this? Like there's, there's enough here for everybody. Right. But then like we kind of also have like, before we started recording, talking about the pandemic and how that shifted everything, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think that, well, as I was saying before, like I'm trying to be more intentional with the content that I create, right? Like I'm, uh, you know, wanting to inspire and wanting to educate more now than ever, you know, like I come from a background of, of educators and teachers and professors and, you know, a lot of family members in that world. But I also in like in this weird sneaker thing where I'm like trying to be cool and like have the, you know, whatever shoes and like all of those things. So it's, it's always a, uh, a give and take. But I think like the, like, I guess like, t let, let's talk about like how, how you came up and grew up because I think like we might have, aside from like, you know, like my family being here in the States, like we moved around a ton. Like I went to 13 schools in my K through 12, you know? So, and I went to the same high school for four years, which was like the craziest thing. I ever, did too, right? actually. Despite really? moving around, I stayed in yeah. high school for four years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know if it was the same for you, but for me, like when I was a kid, I of course always dreaded it. I was like, oh, we're, you know, like I didn't want to make friends. I never, I didn't really say goodbye to people. Like, you know, I was just like, I'm on my way, you know, this is just my life. I'm, I'm going. But then in hindsight, like you're talking about, you know, like your relationship with your dad, I'm super appreciative of, of that now because I don't have the a lot of the hesitations that a lot, I see a lot of people have about taking on new opportunities and, and, you know, introducing themselves to new people or new things that they haven't. So maybe talk about your upbringing a little bit and how you moved around and may, and how that potentially shaped kind of, I guess, like your hustler mentality. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were an immigrant family, so we moved around quite a bit, just kind of trying to find our space in a new country. Um, and then even when we settled, you know, my dad's job kind of took him all over the country and it would be for projects that would last anywhere from eight to 12 months at a time. And we were young, so he would take the whole family with him to all these cities. Um, and, you know, it's that same thing of like, uh, as an adult, you know, when I would get to college, for example, and people would be like, yeah, I'm going to go back to my childhood home. I'm like, what's that like? I don't have a child, you know, like I do have a childhood home, but I have many childhood homes, you know? So yeah. it's like, I don't, my parents have also moved around quite a bit. Even as an adult, I've moved around quite a bit. So having now found my place in LA, I'm very happy here and hopefully I can stay. <laughs> uh, but you never know, you know, you never, if we've owned anything in the last year, it's like you really truly never know what life is going to throw your way. So I think um, having been a child that, was 
you know, forced to constantly readapt uh, and meet new people. And I think it definitely helped me. You know, at the time, I didn't see it as such a positive because you make friends and then suddenly it's like, all right, bye. Like, I'm never going to see you again because this is before social media. So there's no real way to stay in touch. You know, maybe we would write letters back and forth to each other, but like that wouldn't last for too long because we're kids, you know, like at that point, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Um, Yeah. So uh, I think learning to, especially we were moving all over the country. So as we all know, there's different pockets in this country where it feels like different countries, you know, it's like you can live in the South, which is predominantly where I spent my youth and then move up to the North. And it feels like a completely different world. Even our accents are different. So, uh, adaptability was really important. And as I got older, became a journalist, started working on red carpets, started talking to all these different types of talent. I think that really did come in handy because I was able to connect with different people from so many different backgrounds because I spent my whole youth doing that, you know? Um, But yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm grateful for, you know, I have no, nothing to compare it to. So I'm grateful for the way I was raised because, uh, you know, my parents provided for us and we, you know, we had a roof over our heads. We never starved or I never felt a struggle because, you know, they, they were great parents and worked hard. So I can't say, you know, it, one way is right, one way is wrong because I have nothing to compare it to. But what I will say is that when I would, when I was in college and I would end up going to friends' houses, you know, go visit their, their families in different cities. And I would, you know, go see where, you know, in their house, they would have like the little marks of like how how tall you are. Um, And like, I would see like them from like little to like all the way big. And I'm like, dang, like that must be cool. You know, like that'd be really cool to go into your home as an adult and be like, yeah, this was me when I was, you know, three foot five or whatever. Um, I don't have that experience and, and I, I won't, and that's okay. Um, I have different experiences. Yeah. I, I, it's funny that you use that as an example because I always thought about that. Like, I, you know, my, my, my mom always did that, mm-hmm. but we would see like one or two marks and then we would never see them again. So hey, it was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, um, well, it's interesting because I think like the, I, I don't know why, like this has kind of been a, a thing that I've been thinking about. And I don't mean to like jump on that with your story because I, I want to like share, you know, how you've kind of gotten to this place too. But I think it's super important to kind of share those types of things because a lot of times, you know, we, as a society, just we see those marks on the wall and we see the story of the, the you know, adult going back and having that experience. But we don't talk about like the reality of like, hey, a lot of us have have this experience of like, damn, we couldn't find work. So we had to go f- to the next city and find work. Our parents did and took us along with us. And it was like, you know, so I guess like that said, how, how did you kind of land in, you know, you do so many things. So it's hard to like for me to like think of a way to describe it. But like you basically are a host. You are on camera talent for a number of different things. You are you know, an influencer in your own right, separate from all of that stuff. And so how did you kind of get into the world that you're in now? Um, well, I started, yeah, I guess like the, the real first step was acting. Um, so as a kid, I always wanted to be an actress, but like I said, I came from the family, a very militant Iraqi father, and that was not acceptable. So, uh, I went to school for journalism. Uh, I was always writing growing up. So 
for me, when I had to pick a major, I was like, look, I know I want to be on camera, but I need to pick something that would appease my parents. So I was like, broadcast journalism is perfect, right? So it appeases me and them at the same time. And I loved it. You know, like I really genuinely, I loved going out, finding the story, uh, talking to people, interviewing people, creating these news packages. I got to learn, you know, like little, you know, versions of editing uh, at that time. So I think at that point, I was focused mainly on that, you know, because I didn't know anything else. But when I graduated, I, you know, found my way back to my real passion, which was acting. So I told my parents, I'm moving to New York and becoming an actress, which they didn't take very well. But at that point, I was on my own, you know, like when I went to college, I worked my way through college and, you know, they couldn't tell me anything because I was paying my own way. So um I did the New York thing. I hustled, which basically meant I bartended, (laughs) but I was bartending for the Tribeca Film Festival. So um, they had a cinema space year round and we would host all these screenings um, and events. And so it was actually through that, that I got my real kind of first taste of that world because, you know, Robert De Niro was my the owner of the space. So he would come in, I would make his drinks, uh, extra cold, uh, vodka martini straight up with the twist. Um, I'd be like, uh, I used to call Robert De Niro, Bobby D like, who am I? You know, <laughs> so, you know, I'm like fresh out of college, like making cocktails for Bobby D. I was like, I'm doing something right. I don't know what it is, but something's happening. Um, so, you know, I was auditioning and I was doing the grinds. Um, and then eventually realized I needed to move to, uh, Los Angeles to like really kind of get my feet wet. Um, and at that point I had moved into finance. Like I I've had many lives. I feel like I've done like so many things. And again, that comes from the hustler mentality of like, I just have always had my, my hand in like multiple pots, I guess. Um, so I moved to LA and then was trying to act, but you know, very quickly kind of was not over the hustle, but, um, disillusioned by it. I don't know how else to describe it. I was working, like I was getting commercials here and there. Um, I was the lead in a film, uh, you know, so I was doing stuff, but it wasn't enough for me. There was too much downtime. So I was like, what can I do that will appease like the, the creative in me that's not feeling fulfilled. Um, and, uh, aside from all that, I was really into like sneaker culture. I was really into music. I was really into, you know, blogs like, you know, at the time, the fader complex, uh, high snobiety. Um, you know, I was constantly on those blogs every day anyway, just checking for content. Cause you know, this is back when everything wasn't video facing and it was just straight blogs. So I was like looking yep. at every, you know, all the articles and you'd go from like site to site. And I was one day just like, you know what, let me see if they're hiring for anything that I would be good for. Um, and I saw that complex was hiring a looking for a video host. And this is when video news still hadn't really popped up online. So this was such a new space. Like, um, for that specific genre, I guess you could say. So they had just started Complex News and they're looking for a new host. Um, and this was in 2014, I think, um, which, oh my gosh, feels so long ago. Yeah. Which is crazy, like saying it out loud. Um, 2014. Uh, yeah, so I applied and they were interested going back and forth. I did like a, you know, the video audition and the job was in New York and I was in LA. I ended up not getting it and I was crushed, like crushed. Cause I was like, I know I am so good for this. I'm on brand. I'm a, you know, I have a journalism background. I'm good on camera. I was just like, how did I not get picked? Um, and a year later found out that they were going to 
do that for LA. And so I, you know, reached back out and was like, Hey, I want to audition for the LA opportunity. And I ended up auditioning for it and I got it. And, you know, the year before I didn't understand why I didn't get it. And then when I got it the year later, I was like, you know what, this is way better. Cause I get to stay in LA, you know? Um, so like they say, everything works out the way it's supposed to. Um, but that's how my hosting career really obviously started is with complex. Um, and through that, I gained a lot of visibility in the sneaker space because obviously complex is such a hub for that. Um, and yeah, from there, it went to television, MTV reached out. We're like, Hey, we want to bring you to New York for an audition. I didn't know what it was for at the time. Um, so I went to New York back and forth auditioned and ended up booking what now we all know is the resurgence of TRL, um, which was a crazy full circle moment for me. Cause I grew up watching TRL and it was a dream. I always had like, I, you know, we all wanted to be a VJ, right? You know, it's yeah. like, that was the dream. Like I'm going to be a VJ. Um, but it wasn't a dream I thought I could ever realize because TRL had been canceled for like 10 years at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was cool. It was a really cool full, full circle moment for me. Um, and then after that, came back to LA and started doing, you know, hosting for E, doing red carpets, uh, celebrity interviews, um, and then started working with network and doing the video hosting for network and the pandemic hit. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that though, because like it's, it's, it's so awesome to hear that you just needed to be around that space and you just went for it. Right. Because that's something that I think that everyone should, should consider. Like, I don't know that moving to big cities is for everyone. For me, it, it's definitely something that I thrive in, but like being around that energy and like constantly paying attention to it and, and like putting yourself where you're at arm's reach, where you're going to be able to connect with people is so important because inevitably there are going to be things that, you know, you don't, you don't expect to be like opportunities at, at, you know, like you're probably never thinking about like who you're going to make drinks for as a bartender in the city. Right. But then it's like, wow, this is going to, this is going to potentially create relationships that who knows when those might come back around even, you know, decades later. Right. But I think it's, it's, it's also really awesome to hear, you know, in hindsight, obviously that, that you missed that opportunity with complex originally and had that setback because I think like, that's something that, you know, we all put out so much stuff on, on social media now that like people don't see the behind the scenes of like, yo, like we have to struggle to make all of these things happen and to keep the lights on and keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. But like when you get those moments where you can be like, okay, I got past it and then it came back around anyway, where you were like, you knew that it was meant for you from the yeah. get go. And yeah. it just took them time to understand that because sometimes that's how it works. Right. And I always find myself on that side of business relationships, right? Like I'm very much like not putting myself out there in the same way that like you would, or, you know, like Jacques or someone like that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm always working behind the scenes and that's what I prefer to do. But I also see the opportunities of like, just like being out there regularly. And like, it's awesome to hear you say that because I think one of the things that I am trying to kind of present to people is like those challenges that we don't see everybody go through. We all go through them in some way, shape or another. And that example is such a beautiful, like irony because, you know, just in the little bit that I do know you, like, I feel like you're way more, you know, 
fit for LA and loved living there versus New York. Not that I don't love New York, but like, I also just want to stay in the 72 and sunny zone, like keep that snow stuff away from me. (laughs) Look, I did New York for many years and then I came back and did New York again. So I have a lot of love for New York. And the first time I was in New York, when I was doing the bartending and all that, you know, it was a different point in my life and I was better equipped for that. You know, I was younger, (laughs) you know, so I was like, that was like, I loved New York during that time. The second time I was there, I had had my LA experience on. Already, so I had grown accustomed to the comforts of living in a city like LA, where I'm not, you know, it, New York is a hard city. Like it, it yeah. it's not an easy city. The second you step out of your door, you're, you know, bombarded with a lot of energy. First off, second, humans. Third, like, are you getting on the train? Are you walking? Like, what's how are you getting? How are you getting your groceries home? Like, if you want to buy this piece of furniture, how are you getting it back? Like, there's like little things you don't think about when you live in a city like LA, where you have a car and you have a parking lot and you have a garage. You know, it's like little yeah. amenities. And then, of course, the weather. Like, come on. The last <laughs> time I was in New York, I was in the middle of a polar vortex what even is that why as humans are we in some polar vortex like like what is that so for me i like living in you know i'm looking outside right now it's very sunny and beautiful and i know that i can walk outside in a t-shirt and be totally great um and like yeah i'm an outdoorsy girl like i really genuinely love being, you know, not to sound too crunchy, but like, I love nature. Um, hiking is important to me. Laying on a beach is important to me. Seeing the sky is important to me. Um, so those things that those little things that you don't really think about when you're kind of trying to find your place in the world really become anchors for you and moments of escape when you are in a big city and and need a little bit of reprieve. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's, also something that I, I hope that people take away from my conversations on this podcast is like, it's okay to just shut it down and disconnect and go get that for yourself. It's necessary. Like, it, you know, we're so, I, I watched something uh, on YouTube recently where somebody was like, I posted to Instagram for like every day for six months straight. And I'm like, God bless you. Like that is yeah. way too much work for me personally. Like, I manage accounts for people. So I'm even more like keep this thing away from me when, when I turn off my phone or when I'm not working. So it's, 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 it's something that I think like, you know, everything, you know, everybody sees like, again, like the results and like, they don't see those things that like are the real, like, you know, recharge moments for a lot of us. Right. Like, yeah. but I think too, like one of the things that you mentioned about going to school for journalism and just out of curiosity, did you, do you find that, did you do on-camera stuff in school as well? Or was that, so how do you kind of, how does that relate in, in like the, the stuff that you do now? So obviously, you know, there's probably, I'm sure you've had this where like the perception also like seeing just the good things about what people do. The perception I think right now with the internet is that anybody thinks they can do absolutely anything. And I don't want to discourage people from chasing their dreams, but I do want to encourage them to understand that there's a lot more work than what, than what you see goes into an Instagram post or a video or you hosting a red carpet event. So how do you look at that in terms of like shaping your all around kind of abilities compared to, you know, not to compare directly to anybody specifically, but like this kind of mentality that seems to be out there right now of 
of like anybody can pick up the the camera and and do it. You know, I I would preface that by saying like you and I both know Jacques and you've been around Jacques when he's having a normal conversation with you, spins the camera around and he's a completely different person that he's on. Right. It's like he puts on the glasses. He goes from, you know, Clark Kent to Superman or whatever, and you know, in, in the reverse or whatever. But like. I always admire that about someone like him and, and you obviously do that same thing. I've been around where you've been like in conversation and then you, you know, turn it on for the camera. And mm-hmm. it's something that I don't think I, I necessarily need as a skill, but I, I see it so vividly in working with the both of you and, and others throughout the years. Yeah. I mean, look, I actually think that's the beauty of the, you know, the, the place that we're in right now in terms of technology is that feasibly anyone can do anything. It's just a matter if you have the ethic and like the work ethic to do it. Right. So, you know, Jacques didn't just wake up and become a, you know, one of the best sneaker YouTubers in the world, you know, like he put in a lot of hard work and he put in a lot of man hours and he learned about equipment. He learned about lighting and he learned about, you know, analytics and he learned about content and he learned about the back end of YouTube. You know, it's like he didn't just decide to make a video and then suddenly had millions of followers on YouTube. You know, I didn't just decide one day to wake up and become a host and then land on the Grammys red carpet interviewing the biggest stars in music. Like, it doesn't work like that. You know, you can't jump from A to Z and then expect to, you know, just wake up and and be in that place. Like there's a lot of years, 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 years and work and, and tears and, and knows that preceded that, you know what I mean? And I think that's, what's lacking maybe perhaps now is people not understanding that, you know, you, you can dream as big as you want to dream. And I completely uh, support that and encourage that actually. However, you have to understand like there's steps, you know, like, and not that there's a blueprint to what we do because there really isn't at this point, but there's work steps, you know, like you said before, it's networking, it's meeting these people, it's being in these cities and understanding that this space is not just you sitting in your room in Alabama and saying, I'm going to be a, a sneaker YouTuber and then just having one sneaker and putting it on camera and that's it. Like you need to be creating consistent content, which I'm kind of saying that to myself too, because <laughs> like you said before with the social media thing, like posting every day for six months sounds like hell to me. Um, I'm not good at that. And I think that's the part of it that's probably the least enticing for me, although it's a necessary evil in, in our business. Um, but it's um, it, you have to really work hard. Like that's just what it is. And I think that's where passion comes in, right? So if you're truly, truly passionate about, you know, uh, the world of entertainment news or, or the world of sneakers, then those hours that you put in are not going to feel like work, you know? So that's what's really, truly, I would drive home to people that are thinking like, oh, I want to do what he does, or I want to do what she does. Like, you can do it. Absolutely. If I'm here, you can be here. You know what I mean? But you just have to be willing to put in the hours and the work and the tears and the blood and the sweat and like all of that, because it's all part of it. Trust me. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, So with that said, like you, you know, going back to like the diversity of the opportunities that you kind of and plate in titles and hats that you wear, Mm -hmm. how do you how do you choose to navigate all of that stuff? How do you prioritize that? You know, because on one hand, you know, like I think you probably will probably have people listening to this and watching this that will say, you know, of course, like I want to be on the red carpet, but at the same time, like, you know, 
you've done collaborations with with sneaker brands and you've done, you know, hosting for, you know, like network and, and complex and those like, you know, in like full time roles and then in like, you know, I'm sure project based work. So like, how do you, you know, kind of mentally and, and like, you know, I don't know, like process that and, and choose which is which becomes the, the right choice at the right time? Yeah. I mean, look, starting out, I said yes to everything because, you, you know, you're starting out like you're still building your name. You're building your yourself in that space. So anything that came my way, I would say yes to. I wasn't as picky. You know, at this point, obviously, like I'm a few, you know, like I'm half a, seven years into my hosting career. Um, so in that regard, I'm definitely more picky, you know, and to be quite frank, I think that there is a, a certain level that, you, you know, I think. Uh, I believe that once you've leveled up to a certain place, you shouldn't look down. You should always be looking up. Um, I also, obviously, through this pandemic, have learned that, like, sometimes you still got to say yes because you got bills to pay. <laughs> but I don't say yes if it compromises my morals or my beliefs or my ethics, right? So um, I think I, I, last time we spoke, I told you about an opportunity I had with a sneaker brand, and it's a very big sneaker brand, and they wanted me to promote a sneaker for them. and on my Instagram and the sneaker was hideous, like hideous. Like it wasn't anything that I would ever wear. Um, and you know, they're trying to drop a bag in my lap and this is pre COVID. So I don't know if the answer would be different now, but <laughs> <just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> But like, you know, at the time I, yeah, I said no, because you know, for me, it was important to remain authentic and I wanted my audience because look, people see through the BS, right? So if I post the sneaker guaranteed most of my people that are following me would be like, the F is this Tamara? Like you're trying to tell us this is cool. Like you are bugging right now. And I'm like, you sold out, you know? So it's like, and they would have been right because that was not something that I inherently thought was AKA cool. Um, so I try to remain true to my own, um, aesthetic and my beliefs. And, and again, that, that all changes, you know, obviously like as we go through life experiences, as we've all learned, um, it, everything shifts, right? So it's just a matter of navigating, um, your personal beliefs and making sure that this is something that I'm aligned with. Um, but you know, I, I'm grateful for every opportunity sincerely like when people ask me to do things you know I, I recently learned what imposter syndrome is you know so um uh, and I, I guess I never knew that there was a name for it but when I learned what it was I was like heck yeah I felt like that many times like I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting in a room with someone who I admire so much and they were like oh I've seen this you know I've seen your work and I'm like you saw my work you know <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm like how why? You know, like, and yep. it's a feeling of like, how did I even get here? Um, but I deserve to be there, right? You know, so it's like, it's reminding yourself that you've worked really hard to get to where you are. You've worked really hard to be in those rooms. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm, I have to remind myself of that too, you know? So I think, like I said before, it's just been really important to me not to get pigeonholed. Um, Cause you know, I, I, I obviously love sneakers. It's, it's such a passion for me and I could talk about it all day, but I don't want to be known as the sneaker girl. Do you know what I mean? Right, so right. that was really important for me to like, hopefully if you, if you do go to my social media, you see, I do discuss more than just sneakers because I'm more than that. You know what I mean? And I, I don't uh, want to be just kind of cornered in that space, but I'm very grateful and feel honored to be a voice in that space. 
Yeah, I can totally relate to that too, because like, you know, as someone who's literally worked in sneakers for like 15 years now or whatever it's been, like, I, I, I'm like, I have a like personal, just like love hate relationship with it only because I don't get to disconnect from it as much as I would like to. And like, I have so many things that I like and enjoy. And then, you know, it's like, do I share this? How do I share this? That doesn't take away from like the people that only want to see my feet, you know, not in a weird way, but like, if I don't (laughs) post shoe pics, like I see people go away, you know? And so it's kind of interesting. And I I think like, that's something that, you know, kind of leads into, I guess my next question is like, what are some of those kind of unexpected challenges that you've come across where, you know, even, even in that example, you know, do you have those types of conversations with your manager to like, you know, to, to make sure that you're clear or even like how frequently do you need to be reiterating that stuff to make sure you don't put yourself in that, you know, you know, pigeonholed in that sense. Yeah. I mean, look, when I was, uh, you know, actively hosting red carpets and and doing TRL and things like that, I would post photos on set, I would post photos on carpets, and they would not do as like engagement wise would do like half the engagement that me in a sneaker photo would do, right. And this is before, you know, uh, Instagram changed their algorithm. So like, none of our engagement is like, right. (laughs) Um, But that being said, obviously, I noticed that, you know, and especially as someone who works with brands and has to share the back end of my analytics with brands, um, you know, you try and keep your percentages in a good place. So it's definitely a double thought, you know, Uh, my last post was me hiking, you know, like I love hiking. So I'm going to share that with my audience. It has nothing to do with sneakers. I'm not sharing sneakers I hike in. I just wanted to share something outside of sneakers. Um, And I do think that uh, I do lose uh, people, you know, like I do see that I'll lose followers if I start posting things outside of what I'm quote unquote known for in that space. But like I said, I, it's more important to me to be seen as like more of like a well-rounded individual than just like the sneaker girl, right? So, um, and I think uh, I think brands would appreciate that, right? So I, I'm, you know, um, I don't know. I, I just do me, and if you like it, come hang out. If not, do your own thing. I love you anyway, you know. Exactly. That's the perfect attitude, too. I mean, I think we get caught up in all of the looking at things and looking at numbers and looking at analytics. And it's like, if you just enjoy this stuff, just, just do it. You know, it's, I guess like that kind of also is like, you know, leads into another question. Like you mentioned hiking and, and being outdoors and the beach, like how do you, how do you keep the balance? Right. Because one of the things that I find with everybody that I've had on this show to talk about being a creator, being somebody that's, you know, out there, like putting themselves out there on a regular basis it's it's really difficult to actually disconnect and it's actually you know i think more challenging for people who who have a public life to find that balance of like you know when do i want to post the hike versus right. when do i not want to post the hike so yeah. what are some of the things that you do or take into consideration as you're going through life to to keep that balance and not you know keep from getting burnt out on the other side 
Yeah. I mean, look, I'm on day three of not posting anything on Instagram, not even in a story. So I had to take breaks. Like I know for me personally, my mental health, like I can't be plugged in all the time. It drains me. Like there's days where I won't go Instagram at all. I won't even engage. I won't do anything on Instagram or like Twitter. I'm more active on like when I'm taking a break on Instagram, I'm usually over on Twitter just because Twitter is also a news source. So I, in my experience, whatever pops on Twitter comes to Instagram like two days later. Later, so I've already seen it anyway, so I can take those breaks. Um, but I think it's so important, you know, like we're human beings. We're not meant to be constantly plugged in. Um, and quite frankly, I've never been one of those people online that shares everything. Like I keep a lot of things very private. Um, and I think that's important. And it's no shade to anyone that does share everything. I, more power to you. Because honestly, I, I do follow people that share everything and they share their dark moments. And I think that's actually very vulnerable and not something I've done just because it's, it feels so naked. Yeah. <laughs> but again, like I have a different relationship with social media, right? So for me, it's like about connecting and it's about sharing uh, positivity um, but you know, on the other side of positivity, obviously there's the other side of life where we're not always in that happy, sunny place. Right. And which we've all learned in the last year. Um, so I, I disconnect. Um, and I also don't share my day to day. Like I, I share what I think, what I feel comfortable sharing. And I've had people reach out. Like if I go dark a few days on social media, they'll DM me and be like, where are you post something, you know? And yeah. it, it's just like, I, I will when I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. I definitely will when I'm ready. It's just a lot, you know, like we've all, there's especially, like you said, like you've kind of um, started to recalibrate what's important to you and, and you've been more intentional about uh, the, the jobs that you're taking and the things that you're putting out content wise. I've also recalibrated a lot during this last year and um, have also been a lot more intentional about the things that I'm sharing because there's just such bigger things in the world right now than sneakers, yep. you know, and, and not to diss our platform because obviously it's introduced me to so many incredible people like yourself. And I'm grateful for that, but there's bigger things, you know? And so, yep. um, I think it's important to remember that. Yeah. And, and I, I mentioned this on a, on an episode before, but it's, it's super relevant. And like the, the pandemic definitely put me in a place of like, a dark place. And like, you know, it's, I would even say that I'm still trying to figure out <laughs> my way out of that in a, in a lot of ways. But I, I didn't realize, like I had considered letting go, like, you know, I have the sneaker history podcast. And then this was kind of like a thing that Jacques and Tiffany and I did years ago and, and Brandon and Jacques and I years before that. And I was like, look, this is an audience that I think would appreciate the more the more meaningful conversations. We could still talk about sneakers a little bit. Like I can put this through the lens of sneakers, but I didn't realize until a, a few months into the pandemic, all of the people that were reaching out to me that like when I first mentioned, like I was considering just like kind of just disconnecting completely for a while. Mm -hmm. And so many people reached out and were like, you're our escape. So like, like you're our vacation from the real world. And I never really thought about it until that point. And it's, it's, it's the beauty and the curse of being a creator that puts your stuff out there. Right. Because I'm one of those people that like, if, if I know you or I don't know you and you reached out and said that we're going to be friends, like I'm going to talk to you for the rest of my life because you said something that 
powerful to me. It's not about like any of the analytics or, you know, the platforms, because so many of the people that are out there, you know, that don't use social media the way you or I do, they don't, you know, they probably don't even get responses to, to messages like that if they send them. So I'm even more conscious of it now than I ever have been. But that also, you know, in turn puts more pressure on myself to like be right. always talking to people. And I think one of the things that I, I'm trying to figure out for myself is I, I'm not a schedule person. I love the freedom of like today. I mean, let me step that back. I wake up at like five in the morning, almost every day. Wow. I'm a very like, get up and like have that time for me, whether that's coffee on the balcony or, you know, writing or just like zoning out on YouTube or something. Like I, I want that time before I get into like, you know, work mode, but I'm also like trying to understand myself and, and better, I guess, I don't know. It sounds kind of corny, but curate my day in a, in a, in a more, logistical way because you know you can just get lost in so many things so do you are you one of those people that like schedules like do you go by a very like specific routine and like does that help you kind of deal with the the turning off and turning on for things or are you one of those kind of free-flowing people and like how would you how do you approach your day in that sense even yeah, I mean, I'm I'm more of a free free flowing type of person. I mean, in general, so um, I'm I'm very type A for when it comes to certain things. Um, but uh, as a freelancer, so you know, I up until you know two three years ago, I was always in a full time position, right? So I had hours set for me, and that wasn't my call, right? Like that's yeah. how my, my job was. That's how my day was scheduled. I had to schedule around those hours. And then about three years ago, when I went full freelance, um, I had so much more time, right? So you have these extra hours in your day and you're like, well, I can do anything. And then at first you don't do anything because you're like, I've been working for since I was 15. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so you kind of like, then you find your rhythm and then you find your way back. So like my day to day is like, I, I don't wake up at five, but I wake up at six 30 every morning, like clockwork. Even if I don't want to, my body wakes me up. Um, so I wake up at six 30, like uh, physical fitness is very important to me and a daily part of my uh, routine. So I work out. Um, and then uh, I, I take a little bit before I start tackling the computer. Um, I mean, like everyone I'm, this is probably bad, but I am one of those people that lies in bed and like scrolls. So that's yeah. probably something I should probably change because it's a time killer. And you like look up and you're like, dang, that was a whole hour. Ooh. Um, so that's something I, I actively am. I will work on uh, accountability here. I'm saying it now. <laughs> um, so that's something I would like to change. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, my day to day is so different. Every day is truly different for me as a freelancer. So some days uh, I'm working on shooting content for a brand. Other days I'm doing all the back end stuff. So it's like the invoices, the, the paperwork, the contracts, like all that stuff. Another day, uh, you know, I'm going over to Jacques to shoot something and help him out with something yeah. or or whatever it is, you know, and, and again, that it changes day to day. So that's the cool thing about being a freelancer is no two days are the same. Um, the other side of it is when you are kind of type A like me and, and you thrive on like a schedule. Um, that was something I really had to learn. Um, so it's, you know, I'm, I'm navigating this new world like everyone else. Uh, 
you know, I worked red carpets and those were gone for the last year and a half. So it's, um, it's a, it's a new space and a new world. And, I, and I'm trying to, like you said, I'm trying to find my place in it. So, um, and I don't know if that ever really changes. I think we're also always trying to find our place, you know? Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I'm trying to find my place right now. So, um, I'm kind of in that, that zone of like, all right, like I really do feel like the world is my oyster and I could really do anything. So it's a matter of me trying to zero in on what makes me happy. I appreciate that you're sharing that because I think there's a lot of people that, that look up to you and what you do and think like you've got it all figured out. And like, I think it's so important because like as much as you have it all figured out and you've done all these amazing things, it's also really important to like not necessarily get stuck in those places and settle in those places because you know, there's always bigger dreams, right? Like you said, you, you level up and it's like, you, you got to keep looking up. And I guess like, you know, in that regard, like you've, you've done all this amazing stuff. Like what's like the next, what's the next thing for you? That's like the dream opportunity. Um, you know, in, in my perfect dream world, I would love to get back to television. Um, I have a, a dream of hosting like a, a millennial, like talk show. So it would be really cool to like a, a panel talk show. So I've, pitched it many times to many different outlets. And for some reason, people are not into it. And I don't understand why, because who likes to talk more than millennials? <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, that'd be a dream opportunity for me. If there was a talk show, uh, you know, maybe like five people on the panel and discussing like the day to day, you know, maybe there's like a, a guest, uh, you know, celebrity that's sitting on the panel and discussing the day to day topics. I think that would be awesome. I would love to do that. And that's something that, um, you know, yeah, that, that's, that's the goal. Um, it, and again, it doesn't exist, you know, so, yeah. um, but you know, TRL didn't exist either when I got that job. So if I've learned anything is that anything can happen, anything can happen. Just keep, you know, put your head down and do good work and, and develop good relationships and, you know, keep, uh, working towards the things that, you know, make you light up. Yeah. I, I just out of curiosity, we're, like, because you kind of, I guess, you know, at some point you kind of move a little bit from acting to like hosting. Who, who did you like look up to, you know, when you were younger as like, that's the person, you know, those are the people that are doing the things that I want to do. Yeah. I mean, I, growing up, I, I, I did want to be an entertainment host. That was also part of it. So I oh, looked okay. up I looked up to Juliana Rancic, who, uh, you know, was the face of E! News and who mm -hmm. actually went to the same college as me. So when I was learning at school, like she, you know, she was like the face of E! So I was like, one day. And so that was a crazy moment for me as well when I did the Grammy red carpet with her. And on the script, it literally says Ryan Seacrest, Tamara Dia, Juliana Rancic. Uh, and I was so like, awesome. like, like truly, truly, what a crazy moment! I took, I like kept the script because I was, you know, those yeah. are those are cool moments, you know. When I was like a, you know, nineteen year old, you know, sitting in my uh, comms class learning about journalism, <laughs> that was such a far fetched reality for me. So you know, to one day actually be standing there and and tell her like, hey. I went to the same school as you and I really looked up to you. Um, and she was like, that's awesome. And I was like, I don't know. Um, so that's cool. <laughs> uh, but then obviously, you know, I also love TRL. So I really loved Lala. Um, and I also loved the way Lala twisted her career into going to acting as well. So uh, between you and me, 
and everyone watching. Um, uh, during the pandemic, I reconnected with acting and I've been auditioning for acting roles again. So nice. um, that's kind of another lane that I've opened back up. Um, yeah. So honestly, I really do feel like the world is my oyster. I know that probably sounds slave. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I mean, that, that, I think that's like the, the, the gist of what I'm trying to get at with these conversations, you know, because like I said, the perception is like, you know, especially hearing the story, like if somebody just heard that story of you on the red carpet, they're like, okay, like check it off the bucket list. Like you can retire now. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you're also like, no, like here I am, like I'm, I'm starting back in this other direction, you know, potentially to just see where it goes. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, going back to the whole, like everyone thinks you have it all figured out. I do not like, I do not trust me. And I have talked to a lot of other people who a lot of other, you know, may from the outside looking in, it looks like they've got it all figured out. They don't either. No one does, you know, and life changes so quickly, you know, and especially in this business when there's so many other people that want to be standing where you're standing. Um, and sometimes you'll get knocked off your pedestal. I've been knocked off, you know, so it's like uh, you're constantly recalibrating and it's, uh, you know, it's a you're doing a lot of mental gymnastics. You go through a lot. Um, it's not all, you know, sunshine and rainbows and, you know, mics and celebrities. That's just not the reality of the world that you're in. And, you know, when people see you on a red carpet, like you said, they see the the lights and they see the dress and they see the glamour, but they don't see that I'm standing in five inch heels for eight hours in a hundred degree weather waiting for one interview. Do you know what I mean? So they, they see the, the 10 second interview. They don't see like the rest that you're really fighting for to get to that 10 seconds. Um, but again, if, if you if you're passionate about it, then those 10 seconds make everything else worth it. Totally. Well, I think that's an amazing place to wrap up on. Um, it's been awesome to catch up with you again. I guess like for those that don't know, let everybody know how they can find you. You can find me at Tamra Dia across all of my socials. Say what's up and yell at me for not posting. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thanks again for, for taking the time and chatting with me. I'm you know wishing the best for you. If there's any way I can help you in any of those dreams and goals, just let me know. I'm happy to do yeah. so. And like, uh, you know, for everybody that's listening and tuning in, make sure you give Tamara a follow. Um, like I said, one of the most inspiring people because she just absolutely goes after everything. And I don't know if that's just, you know, me reflecting my own stuff because I don't know where I'm going right now either. So I'm just <laughs> excited to talk to her and hear that she's going after all these things as well. So thank you all for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Bye. Thanks, Nick. <laughs>